Ivy's so supportive. They're cute. Just, yeah, love you. Don't make a thing of it. That's your Harl Ivy moment? It is. It's precious. fucking cicada yeah (laughs) cool welcome to the harley freaking quinn podcast i'm your host carly i'm jess and this is episode three of the podcast i want to thank everyone for listening to the first couple episodes online gotten some really cool feedback including this one redditor that said we sound like harley and ivy which made carly's day it made my day (laughs) i can't imagine who they think who is who it's it's a mystery yeah before we get started in our recap some really cool harley quinn stuff happened to us and by happened i mean we actually bought stuff (laughs) we make our own destiny right yes just harley quinn passively happened to us Yes. First of all, Jess's Poison Ivy comfy cosplay (laughs) came in the mail. She now has green sweatpants and the tree hugger raglan. I have no regrets. And I just have to say that uh, more like characters should have very recognizable outfits that are also pajamas. Thanks, Shadow. Sorry, that was our border collie. Shadow. Anyway, uh, what I was saying is, like, so uncomfortable to, like, spend hours creating this very uh, uncomfortable costume for a character cosplay when instead you can just get their pajamas. Like, there's no way that you could walk into like a like across a comic-con with the tree hugger shirt and not be recognized it is really comfy and it is exactly the kind of cosplay we need for 2020 (laughs) yes no waistbands (laughs) not even for cosplay Mm -mm. oh and then um we went back to our hometown of joplin missouri and went to the local comic book shop there shout out to hurley zeros the best And uh, they had, I kind of went in there just like, I wonder what they have of Harley Quinn. And lo and behold, they had uh, an entire Batman display. And several of them were like Batman and Harley comics. And so I got Batman Mad Love. Classic. stories. Yes, it is Harley Quinn's origin story from the creators of the Batman animated series. Batman and, and creators of Harley Quinn. Yes, the creators of Harley Quinn. The it OG. has a really cool, um, it's a graphic novel form, and it has a really cool introduction by the, like, the, about the process of creating the character. I haven't read all of it yet, but yeah, it's, it's worth picking up even if you've read the comic before, just in serials. Yes, I really like the introduction by Paul Denny. He talks about how... You know, they just kind of came up with her origin story that she was a psychiatrist, Joker psychiatrist, before she fell in love with him. And they just kind of ran with it and how her story has evolved over time. As the character gets older, she becomes more independent and that Mm -hmm. he was really happy 
with that. And then I got uh, Batman and Harley Quinn. It's a collection of um, many of her appearances. And it came out in 2018. And then I have Batman Harley Quinn, another by Paul Denny. Uh, that came out quite a bit ago. Sorry, I'm figuring this out on the fly. I haven't read all of them yet. Well, and we'll review them in depth, maybe yes. either as like mid-season finales or between seasons of the show. 2015. Came out in 2015. And then I got the newest one, Harleen, um, which is like... An, Who is that by? Uh, his name is Stefan Sedgwick. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm probably butchering his name. I've just seen it written. Um, and his yeah. frames, his panels are all across Tumblr on the Harlivey tag. Okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> it, it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's a very gorgeous hardcover edition. And it just retells Harley's origin story. I've heard it's it's more gritty. It's darker, but it's not without a sense of hope that she could leave this toxic relationship. Um, I read a review that said that the Joker characterization is different. You can see how charismatic and charming he is, but he's not without manipulation even in the beginning. So it's not like they tried to make him wholly... Um, so that is like the prettiest Joker I think I've seen like in the yes. cover art. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I haven't finished all of them. And yeah, like Jess said, we'll probably do like their own special episodes about the comics. But I just wanted to call it out that what I appreciate it so far that I bought all four of them at once is that I can really see kind of the changes of her character. I saw like the origin story by the creators of Harley Quinn. And then the the other Batman Harley Quinn one that's uh, by a bunch of different writers, not Paul Denny and uh, Bruce, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim, and and not by them, but by other people who are inspired by them. Um, it has a very similar art style, but it's more it's you know different made within the tone. Yeah, made within the first five years, and I think it just expands what we what we know about Harley Quinn, but it's still very reverent of the Batman animated series. Because it's amazing. Yeah. And uh, and then I have Harleen, which um, t totally takes a different, um, a different tone and a different lens um, to the story. So I'm excited to, to read them all and to have that kind of knowledge of um, Harley yeah. Quinn, the, the and character. I, I'm looking forward to reading them too. They're new ones to me as well. And then I saw that your Comixology account has all of Hush on it right now. So, uh, as, no, I'm sorry. I think it does have Hush, but I started reading The Long Halloween. Yeah. Because, hey, it's fall. Time for spoop. DC all day, er day. <laughs> we are a DC house now. Yeah, apparently. I think we always were. They just need to get better movies. Oh, I have high hopes for uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. And obviously Birds of Prey was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's on the way up. It, yeah. It, it can only go up from here. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough catching up. Um, we're going right. to take a short break and then we're going to dive into episode three.
Episode 3, So You Need a Crew. TV Tally, One Destroyed. So yeah, this one opened a little bit differently. I mean, I know that's kind of weird to say when we're only three episodes in, but uh, the drum line very much kind of feels a little bit discordant with the Justice League intro, but boy, it's cool. And it reminds me once again, how great the music is for this. Yeah. Great music. Yeah. This um, cold open or, you know, this little intro scene before the title is a heist. Yeah. She's doing a heist out on her own, striking out. Yeah. And uh, international heist. Yeah. (laughs) So was everyone international? Like, did... I'm just trying to imagine Joker and his goons, like, traveling, <laughs> like, to Siberia or Russia, like, just getting everyone through security on an airplane or something. I mean, I think that Joker and his goons have the resources to fly across the country for a heist. I do not believe that Harley does. Harley flew. Air <laughs> Scandia. Commercial. Yeah, commercial. <laughs> Uh, so she's trying to steal a warhead. Oh, did you want to say something? I, I just think, I'm going to say that I don't think they'd have traveled. I think this was a, like, Russian nuke moving across maybe Canada or something illicitly. Okay. Because yeah, she I came back in Russian, dirty. Yeah, it's a Russian train. It probably was just going through Gotham. I like, don't know, but it was like really you, snowy. I know. So. It was weird. No, I mean, the, maybe they just, like, Went north across the border. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably haven't gone global. They've just gone still North America. But they're, uh, Harley is robbing a Russian train um, of their nuclear warhead. And it's a really funny scene where she is trying to unlock the two simultaneous, like, keys Yes. And she's trying to reach and she keeps falling down. And then she finally like reaches using her toes and her hands stretched across the door to turn this lock. And then it still buzzes. And then the frame just moves up and there's a third one above the door. Gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) What are those called like dead switches? I don't know. They pop up in so many action movies and like right. movies. It, was it like a James Bond thing or I, is it real? I, I associate with James Bond, but I can't tell you a specific James Bond. No, but it is like now I just saw it in Batwoman too, where like two people have to turn the keys simultaneously. So there's always going to be two keys that you have to find. Yeah. Maybe it's just, you know, 90s and mid 2000s video games of like, no, no, you really can't leave this AI that keeps getting killed behind. You have to have two people to open the door. Now, this might be a dumb question, but who is she beating up before Joker gets there? Ooh, um, actually, I wasn't 100% up on that one either, and I didn't Google it beforehand. Okay. I, it looks like Deadshot. That's what I was wondering, but why is he just on this train? Is yeah, he, was he random. trying to steal it too? I guess, but why does he have a Russian accent? Yeah. I, I like, assumed Deadshot as well, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And also, I mean, it was definitely red, so it wasn't Slade, but it looked Slade-like, but definitely Slade is not Russian. I don't know. Okay, somebody I'm going can to, tell us. I'm going with Deadshot. Okay. 
So uh, because she failed to unlock all three locks at the same time, um, Joker gets the warhead. Joker comes in and, of course, he has multiple goons to unlock all the keys and steal the warhead while he doesn't even break a sweat. And then he tells the goons to kick Harley off the train. And she just like pouts her way down into she, a crevice. Yes. Crevasse. Crevasse. Um, yeah, just totally like Wiley Coyote. Just like um, into, you know, the fog down below. And then she like opens the door at Ivy's apartment and she's just covered in filth. And she just says, I need a fucking crew. And that's the whole plot of this episode. Needing a crew. Needing a crew. They're eating delicious looking chocolate chip cookies. Makes me wonder who's the baker. Um, and we see new character, Dr. Psycho. Yes, we meet Dr. Psycho on TV and... Fighting Wonder Woman and fucking up. Yeah. About to kill Wonder Woman. She knocks him into a car and he calls her the C word on live television. And like everything stops. Everyone stops moving, stops talking. Uh, like the world stops turning. And uh, Ivy and Harley are like, well, he's never getting out of this one. Holy shit. Yeah. You don't say the C word. If he had a crew, they would told him to use the B word instead. Also, just imagine... How much you'd be stomped into a grease stain if you called Wonder Woman the C word? Yeah. We don't say the C word. I don't say the C word. Uh, So, but Harley will not be um, convinced that she can do this by herself or that she doesn't need anyone. She needs a crew. She needs a goon. In order to achieve her dream of getting a highway named after her. Yes, this is another reference to the highway scheme, which, again, Ivy dismisses. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The next scene is at the Underworld Talent oh. Incorporated. They're UTI. so obnoxious. Yeah, very bro-y. Greasy ponytails all around vibe. Yeah. Um, would and you say they're like public relation, like public publicists? Yeah, they remind me of like agents like the worst stereotypes of like maybe sports agents yes it's like very jerry Maguire kind of thing no. they're just kind of blowing smoke up her ass um and they're trying to show her like a bunch of um profiles of henchmen and goons that she you know they'll be able to hire for her and then she lets it slip that you know she and joker are no longer together these people aren't for joker they're for her and then of and then they just kind of clam up immediately. They're like, oh, well, these guys aren't available. When you get back together with Joker, you know, come and see us. Yeah. Weak. So then we move on to what looks like a good bar, Noonan's. Yes, that is a bar I w we would definitely drink at. Yeah. I mean, actually, if we went in, there's like no women who so would probably leave because that's not a great vibe, especially when everyone's like covered in scars and like probably doing coke. Yeah, but it's very neighborhood vibe yes. for a bar filled with only men and probably a lot of coke. <laughs> a corner pub. Yeah. But it is the henchman slash goon hangout. And uh, Harley decides she's going to recruit her team from there. 
and no one is listening to her. They would literally rather throw themselves into a portal that leads directly to their deaths than work like, for a woman. Work for a woman. And even Dr. Psycho is like, fuck off. I don't need this. But boy, he kind of does. Yeah. And also, the aforementioned Clayface. Yes, Clayface. We meet Clayface. From Muskogee, Oklahoma. Which... Yeah, he is in the form of a very muscular blonde man, and he's a cowboy. D- cowboy, and he's doing a monologue about how he's just a, a simple guy from Muskogee, and he doesn't know anything about heisting or villains or just his two lab mixes uncut. <laughs> uh, but he gives up the ruse, and he is a serious actor. And uh, Clayface is voiced by Alan Tudyk. Yeah, so much heavy lifting in this show. Mm-hmm. He's he's really awesome, <laughs> which we knew, but reinforced, really awesome. And he's just letting um, you know Harley and and Psycho tell him their sob stories, and then fucking Kite Man comes in. And he's like, hey, I was just thinking about maybe like robbing a bank, maybe like going doing all this stuff. I don't know, stealing some money, whatever. Generic capers, finger guns, finger guns. Who's with me? And literally everyone in the bar follows him down the street. And you know what? Ivy's into it. Ivy's not there. No. But as soon as she starts to hear about it, he's like, hey. Hey, did he mention me? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> The way your face fell. They don't make Kite Man an asshole. They don't. But he is benefiting from his privilege as a man. Mm -hmm. Harley can't even get two, one or two people to go on heist with her. And he can just come up with like the most random pitch that promises nothing. And they'd be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Capron with the bros. Mm -hmm. So uh, Harley is disappointed. Yeah. But um, since she's tried everything she can think of, the thing that she hasn't tried and she drags Ivy to <laughs> is a motivational speaker with Maxi Zeus. Oh, my and God. And can you explain to me who Maxi Zeus is? So I know he was in the comics, I think, Silver Age, and I didn't read those. I'm not going to lie. Um, I knew him from Batman the Animated Series where he is an Olympic athlete who literally loses his mind and starts hallucinating that he is a that he is Zeus, that his girlfriend is another Greek figure, and that Batman is Hades and just total psychotic break with like death and destruction planned as he is going to throw lightning bolts down. It was a pretty good episode, but yeah. This this version of Maxi Zeus is much funnier. <laughs> much more absurd and sleazy. Yeah. I mean, not like that the Maxi Zeus from the animated series, like I think he was in some kind of crime thing and like it was coming down to catch him and like the stress of that is what gave him the psychotic break. But he wasn't just a Vegas like sideshow act. Like this Maxi Zeus is. Yeah, no, he is definitely um, leaning into his delusion that he is a Greek god, but he has turned it into a kind of like... He's more just a narcissist. 
He is hosting a motivational seminar about getting a crew. And uh, how to be a supervillain. How to be a supervillain. And you need to get a crew. And how do you get a crew? Well, you go to a talent agency, which Harley's already done. You recruit from CD bars, which she's already tried. And uh, when Harley's like, okay, what if that doesn't work? And uh, doesn't get anything. And Ivy wants to leave because he is full of shit. Also, the closed captioning when he called on her is like, yeah, the closed captioning said the juggler in the third row, but I swear to God, they say the juggalo, which is just even fucking funnier. <laughs> just like mistaking Harley Quinn or the Joker or any of their goons for juggalos is amazing. Just of another funny thing is like Maxi Zeus is like the big guys, Joker, Scarecrow, Maxi Zeus. What do they have? And then Ivy's like, a penis? <laughs> no, they have a crew. Oh, yeah. Also, that may be where the penis talk starts in this episode. But there's a lot of penis in this episode, either viewed, discussed, metaphorical, and statue form blurred out behind you. Like, there's just dicks everywhere. Uh, we can kind of skip over... Uh, uh, Maxi Zeus's weird penis when Harley tries to go backstage and talk to him more. Yeah. And he's basically like... Hits on her weird penis. Anyway. Uh, and he says, no goon will work for a woman. So Harley's like, Ivy, you and me, we can do this together. Uh, this is later at their apartment. But Ivy's just not interested in teaming up. She's very like, uh, this is my brand. I'm a solo eco-terrorist. These are the only kinds of things I want to do. And I can respect that. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you need to start a business venture with them. Yeah. And where Harley's out in her life right now, would definitely let her live with me. Would not start a business venture with her. Right. And Ivy like sits her down and is like, listen, women supervillains are not allowed to be supervillains. There's a glass ceiling for, for women in that area. And she tells the story of the Queen of Fables, where and Queen of Queen of Fables, way back in the day, like the eighties, uh, she had brought all these storybook characters to life, and they punished her by, uh, well, they she doesn't s say the whole story. She just says that uh, they stopped her, and she wasn't uh, able to like be a successful you can't be as successful as the male supervillains yeah and tells her like you'll find out the rest of the story when you go talk to her at a tax office yeah so when we meet the queen of fables first of all voiced by wanda sykes hilarious excellent yeah but the character is a chain smoking tax code book that's right so we get the rest of the story from queen of fables herself so uh, she wanted to take over Gotham, had res like uh, called forth all these storybook characters. Because she couldn't get anyone to work for her. And the Justice League, instead of sending her to Arkham, used uh, Zatanna to trap her in the U.S. tax code forever. And that just goes to prove that, you know... Female supervillains villains can shine, but they can't outshine the male supervillains or they will be punished. Punished by all sides. 
And unfortunately, Harley doesn't take this like lesson or take this moral um, as Ivy had intended it. Instead, she's like, okay, instead of, you know, trying to find people who don't believe in me, I'll find people who nobody else believes in. So she goes back to Noonan's to talk to Dr. Psycho. Oh, no, hold on. Missed the Tawny talk show. Um, where Dr. Psycho oh. calls his wife the C-word. Yeah. Calls his wife the C-word on yeah. live television. You did it twice. But I like the little lower third that is oh, like... yes. Man says terrible thing again. We'll probably get third chance. Iconic. After that, Harley goes back to Noonan's to talk to Dr. Psycho. And he pushes back again because, like, I'm in the big leagues. I'm in the Legion of Doom. And just at that moment, Lex Luthor kicks him out of the Legion of Doom. <laughs> At a press conference. So, HQ gets Psycho and Clayface to help her on their first heist together. And it's going to be robbing Maxi Zeus. It's going to be for a a petty revenge heist. A plus. (laughs) So, uh, they they all go to Maxi Zeus's mansion. It is also absurd. There's a huge statue of him in a short toga, short toga, genitals clearly on display, and it is upsetting. And Clayface's job is to distract him by pretending, by shapeshifting into the mailman and just distracting him for just a couple minutes so that Psycho and Harley can get inside. Instead, he has to play a role and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he uh, tries to convince him that he is a long-lost son from a piano bar encounter. And Maxi Zeus is like, son, you are half god, and like brings him inside. And so I guess that works. Uh, Harley and Psycho are able to get inside using some information she got from his motivational speech when she said, I literally sleep on a pile of gold. They find his safe and are about to get away with it when... Clayface is getting the shit kicked out of him because he can't hold apart. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, that was a hilarious... Too suggestible. Maxi Zeus knew he was lying the whole time and got, got Clayface to, like, shapeshift into, like, a grotesque kind of cartoonish person and then just started kicking the shit out of him. And then... uh but Psycho and Harley can kick the shit out of him. Yep. Intervened. Mm-hmm. And Teamed they save Clayface and they threaten to blow his brains out unless he tells everybody that Harley Quinn's crew ain't nothing to fuck with. And that's my favorite swear of the episode. I Mine actually, yeah, happened right before this as they were breaking in. Just prick has it coming. <laughs> yes, that was another good one. So... They get away with it. Maxi Zeus says that line to uh, on broadcast news. So everybody knows that she's going um, out on her own and she's pretty successful and people are scared of her. And she has a crew. And she has a crew. And Joker sees that on the TV and he shoots the TV. So that's our TV tally. Harley and Ivy are back on the couch and they're watching this TV coverage. And... Um, she says, well, what happened to the warhead? Oh, we got the warhead. 
I did what exactly what I said I was going to do. She sold the medals, bought a war ahead, um, held the city hostage until the mayor named it a highway after her. And Yeah, and right at that moment, the TV news is reporting a high-speed chase on the abruptly renamed Harley Quinn Parkway. And Ivy's like, oh, my fucking God, that was totally... I'll be fucking <laughs> damned. damned. Totally worth it, right? And that's the end of the episode. I really like this one. Um, I think it, uh, not only was it super funny, we meet um, most of the remaining cast of characters. We meet um, King Shark next episode and Psy, but we finally meet Clayface, who is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love Clayface. This was a good episode, but yeah, it felt very kind of expository. It felt almost like a second pilot. Oh, you think so? I mean, it definitely was a little like... Like, not this like is what a second version of, like, the original pilot for this, but pilot plotting of, like, we've got to introduce all this and put all this motivation in. Yeah, it was definitely heavy on the motivation, heavy on, like, the... Scene setting and exposition of, like, it's all misogyny. Remember the misogyny? Here's levels of misogyny. Penises everywhere. But... And do you think that they kind of continue this tr- this trend? I feel like once Harley gets her crew and starts to like make a name for herself, like it's really the Joker that is holding her back and trying to sabotage her career as a supervillain. I would say most vocally, yeah. And because just he has getting the most... a crew seemed to be the first big hurdle. Yeah, and because he has most of the power in the Legion of Doom. Um, like, it's not like somebody else is going to help her out. Yeah, he's a bully. Okay, well, next episode, we're going to recap episode four, Finding Mr. Right. Join us next time where we recap episode four, Finding Mr. Right. And if you like this podcast, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, or anywhere you can get your podcasts. And lastly, thanks for listening. Thanks. sure you don't want to smell the mic no i don't want to smell it it smells real weird (laughs) yeah i mean it's moved across two apartments it's been sitting in the attic